Hey, big love fam. Welcome to Super Freak. This is a high vibe podcast, y'all, exploring all things frequencies, how they govern form, shape our realities, and are the key to living from your full potential. It's non-woo combos about super woo shit, unpacking what I call the science of self, from body and soul literacy to the power of understanding vibration, higher consciousness, quantum physics, and spiritual psych. Let this podcast become a resource for you on your journey to self-mastery. If you're curious and ready to free your mind, unlock the body, and truly become limitless, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Tally. This is Super Freak, awakening for the next gen. Let's go. Hey, everybody. I thought I would hop on here and give you guys a bit of a preamble in terms of what you can expect from the episode and also a slight trigger warning because there will be some topics that are touched on that will probably push some buttons. However, I think it's important to be able to have the conversation and be able to come to the table and be able to have some real discourse without the projections of emotions and amplification of polarities being in the field. Having said that, my come from space is and always will be that I believe in pro-radical accountability and responsibility. So what we're seeing right now in the field is a wild amount of projection and what I believe in terms of not only what I've seen in sessions, but also just amongst collective is unhealed trauma. We're in a collective PTSD. We have kids who have no idea who they are, a combination of a cry for help and also some wounding and mirroring that they have experienced growing up within the family dynamic. So let me explain that. I've been traveling, as some of you guys know, for a couple of years, almost two years. And when I talk to people in the LGBTQ plus community, there isn't any problem ever. There's not, they just are free to be who they are and no one thinks anything else. They're, they're just assimilated into society. And it's fantastic because they don't have the filter that they're separate and I don't run the filter that they're separate. So we just come together and have conversation. But the separation, the control and the manipulation of perception that's happening right now in the US, especially in the West, is part of the transhuman agenda, which I'm going to talk about. So look out. That's a lot of what this episode is about. I work on parents that have trans kids, right? And there is concern and people are nervous. And then, you know, I have a handful of clients that are in the LGBTQ plus community that have a variety of different things going on. And the bottom line is there's usually always a gendered parent that is running the opposite energy to their biology. When you have opposite energy running in the biology, that child is scanning the environment and it's going to go, wait, that doesn't make sense to the handbook that I was downloaded with when I logged into this reality. In the genetic makeup, when we log into this reality, when we embody, we agree to certain constructs. The filter of human, right? Of linear time, free will, the filter of human, gender. And then we start uploading all of the transgenerational epigenetic patterning that we didn't resolve. And then the game ensues. So that's part of what you can expect too with this episode to talk a little bit about the effects of how a child scans their environment young and then chooses to present opposite in terms of gender because they haven't really experienced strong energetic parameters. Having said that, I'm going to tap into and talk about 
more about the transhuman agenda in terms of perception hijacking and some other things. So take it with a grain of salt. Happy to have conversation. Again, I'm always about come to the table with pro-accountability, pro-responsibility. Go and do your work and then let's talk about it. Having said that, I also understand from my recovery days that people are in various stages of their own processing and healing. How we come together, we listen. That's my best advice for now. But you'll see some more of it at the end of this episode, so let's dive in. All right, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Super Freak, where I'm continuing a hot topic, fiery, spicy issue right now in the collective, which is transhumanism, transgender, and the trans movement in general. I have a lot to say about this, so let's dive in. First, I'm going to probably jump around a little bit, but I want to cover how I see things from a pure source perspective, where the trans movement goes a little off the rails for me in terms of it being deeply rooted in dark agenda with Soros, BlackRock, Vanguard, and the like, which I'll get to in a bit, and also the transhuman agenda, which is literally about no human, okay? Distorting your physical form and the perception of your gender so much that they could literally move in and create synthetic AI versions of human. And I will go deeper into that later. This isn't to instigate any fear. It's simply just to spell things out, connect some dots, and keep an open conversation and open dialogue going. You might come from space. And my question is, how do we evolve and move a country collective forward whilst staying inclusive without imposition, without imposing our views onto others? This is the great political quandary at the moment. And I think it's the biggest political issue that we have going on right now. But I say all of that because I probably will jump around, like I said, but I want to dive right into what the agenda for humanity is. What does Checkmate Human look like? So Agenda 2030 is an ongoing program, simulation software program, if you will, that has been orchestrated by WEF, BlackRock, Vanguard, and a bunch of other secret societies. Where am I getting information? Where am I getting this information? I have to go into the deep levels of the web to get it. I have to look at patterns from ancient Civ. Obviously, I get my own hits in terms of where I can expand my awareness to, and also just straight up connecting the dots with content that's been buried that I was able to actually grab when I caught it, just being online and aware once I tune into something, I'm led to information. I'm either led to information or I'm downloaded with it. So it has been very hard to get factual information because legacy media likes to keep all of that very much in check. But in general, where humanity is going is very positive. All of these systems have to break down. We're going into a consciousness that's going to be able to sort itself out without the distortion. Because what's up for grabs right now is, again, it's checkmate human. So by confusing gender, which is so ironic because the Me Too movement was about honoring women and giving women an opportunity to do it like men in a way, but or have the same opportunities as men. So we went through all that energetic nonsense. We went through all that distraction 
to now not even have a definition for what human is. So you guys can see, right? You can start to see how a lot of this imposition is orchestrated distraction from what the real agenda is, which is absolutely confusing you to the point where they can create AI, synthetic-based humans, and not have gender at all. Not have gender, not have creation, not have sovereignty. It is going to be computers hooked up to a quantum computer, which has already happened through 5G and technology. It's been an over a very, very long process over the last, since the mid eighties, since the pharmaceutical industry was really created of toxifying humans through pesticides, through vaccinations, genetic modification through vaccinations, through technology, which is an electromagnetic field. We're electric and dielectric beings with a huge heart field. And obviously this consciousness knows that that needs energy to sustain itself from an energy perspective, from a physics perspective, energy has to sustain itself. Let's say inverted consciousness that is of pure source, just representing itself from the, what a negative charge would look like all the way on the the extreme end. And then from a positive charge all the way in the extreme end would also burn you up. So you have total light and total darkness, right? Polarity. You have this extreme level of binary. So instead of having codes, which is what we are, we're all made of codes that's carried on a frequency of carbon, we're carbon-based, you're going to have patterned information that's carried on silicone, which is what AI is. So throughout this, I'm going to play a series of clips because when I find things that are just well said, I want to give them a little bit of airtime. And because it's already public space, it's on like a public community bulletin board, I feel it's safe to do that without getting copyright issues and things like that. But for me, it has less to do about the issue of non-transhumanism or transhumanism, whatever, but the context of where power is. If power is outside of you, that's our first red flag that these secret societies are painting green for everybody. If power is not self-sourced, if internal sovereignty is not your experience, then there is control going on. Let's unpack this a little bit more. This is a clip from Unheard TV talking about the utopian version of a better future or a dystopian nightmare. Let's go. When we talk about transhumanism, the temptation is to depict it as an exciting or frightening possible future, something which happens out there in the future or may come, but in any case, one that hasn't entirely happened yet. That that's the wrong way of looking at it. In fact, transhumanism is already here. I go actually further, I think, than Elise in saying it's so well established that there's arguably no point in having this debate. To my eye, this era began in the mid-20th century, before you and I were born, with a biomedical innovation that radically changed what it is to be human in the human social order, reproductive technology. The pill was the first transhumanist technology. It set out not to fix something that was wrong with normal human physiology, you know, in the ameliorative sense of medicine up to that point. Instead, it, it, it introduced a whole new paradigm. It set out to interrupt normal in the interests of individual freedom. 
At one point, Elise, in, in your book, Elise notes that avowed transhumanist women are rarer than men. And if I remember rightly, you postulate that this is because systems thinkers are typically more prevalent among men than women. I'd say on the contrary. The reason transhumanist women seem rare is that they're so common they don't read as transhumanist. Nearly every adult woman in the developed world has implicitly accepted the belief that full adult female personhood is structurally reliant on technologies that interrupt normal female fertility. And by the definition I opened with, that makes nearly every adult woman in the developed world a transhumanist. How's the transhumanist era going? The pill was legalized in 1960 in America, 1961 in Britain. So we have more than six decades worth of data on how transhumanist practice in that context measures up to transhumanist theory. What I suggest we can infer from the story so far in that instance is that trying to re-engineer our physiology, our nature, if you will, in the interests of freedom, progress, or whatever other name you give, doesn't in fact deliver utopia. Or rather it does, kind of. But it happens asymmetrically. Utopia arrives asymmetrically, depending on where you sit in the socioeconomic hierarchy. And where technology is used to liberate us from the kind of givens, such as normal female fertility, that were previously managed pragmatically by social or legal norms, what replaces it isn't a human person free from nature, but a market in which that nature becomes a set of supply and demand problems. Okay, so what is she actually really saying here, which is so good and she's so well-spoken and I'm going to just divide the video up a little bit, but key takeaways from that piece or that clip is that trans women who identify as trans women don't see the filter that they're running. They just see themselves as part of society. Yes, there's been challenges, but those challenges aren't stopping them from expressing who they are. Furthermore, that the advent of genetically modifying humans and starting to hijack reproduction process in general, which is a woke agenda, started back with birth control, which we know has grave implications on the body, which is also what she talked about. But the pill revolution didn't help us. We got a lot of what she calls normative asymmetries. So this is an ongoing theme of being very out of balance in terms of socioeconomical asymmetries or opportunities, possibilities, but also where we actually move as a collective will also be asymmetric. If gender is up for grabs, how do we actually normalize that? We start with youth, right? We create cartoons. We start putting this more in movies, which I'm going to play another clip for you in a second, but let me move a little bit on from the transhumanism agenda and clarify a few things. So first I'm going to clarify the principle of gender, which some would say is a hermetic principle, but it's really very ancient knowledge that has been taken down from pre-biblical texts like the Bhagavad Gita, the Imaga Elish, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, things like this. The trick with those is translating them, and there's a guy named Zachariah who translates them or translated them, and he's not the only one who did it, but it's a lot of effort. So if you can find a few resources that recap the information really well, it's it, it's helpful. But essentially, this particular gender principle is states this. Gender isn't everything. Everything has its masculine and feminine principles. Gender manifests on all planes. Okay. Having said that, meaning all planes of existence within this closed loop system. And I will talk about that further. So when you start actually manipulating and blurring the lines of gender, 
literally the entire system starts to decompose. It starts to malfunction. There starts to be viruses in the hardware. What's interesting for me as well is if you think about the way that the energy works in this earth field, in this closed loop system, 12D grid, however you want to say, it's electric, dielectricity, and magnetism. So there's a positive and negative charge. It's a ones and zeros game, right? Protons, electrons are up for grab, depending on what science field you talk about, particles and waves. Everything is in waveform. Really, bottom line, everything is in waveform, representing itself in a gendered expression between dielectricity and magnetism. It's the reason why Gaia has a female frequency. So it's very interesting for me when I talk to transgender folks and they refer to the earth as mother earth, or they refuse to refer to earth as mother. The implications of that and the separation from self, like the distance between your purest soul fractal and the expression and the filter that you're running now is extremely distorted. You cannot tell me if there is no gender, how is mother earth earth? Why do they call her Gaia then? Because she creates life. She creates density. So if you're in a super hyper non-conforming community, for example, that refuses to identify with any gender, you're basically genderless, you're no gender human, and you refer to Gaia or you refuse to refer to Gaia, let's say you refer to her as mother and insist on being genderless, that's hypocrisy at its finest. And this is why a lot of intra-racial transphobia that's happening inside the LGBTQ plus community is so rife right now and why hyper woke communities are eye rolling at transgender folks. People who are transgender live their life. People that I've known that have transgender, they live their life. They have no problem identifying as a trans woman. They also have no problem identifying with the fact that they pass through the legs of a woman and that women create life. You take this, that biological process an algorithm away from this simulation and there is no life. That's the agenda. Okay. We're starting to pull the pieces together here. So it's not about these people getting bullied. It's the fact that this has been an orchestrated simulation for the bullying to keep people in separation, to keep people very divided politically, to instigate a riot like we've seen with BLM, like we saw with George Floyd, like we saw with Me Too. It's the same script. For example, corporate equity index system. What is this? The CEI is funded by Soros, BlackRock, and Vanguard. It's the same system that is pushing brands to endorse celebrities like Dylan Bimbaney. And they use a social credit system. They're using a credit system let me read you something. This is off of a recent New York Post article that had the title that I just said. A company can lose CEI points if it doesn't fulfill HRC's demands for integration of intersectionality and professional development, skills-based, or other training. Or if it doesn't use a supplier diversity program with demonstrated effort to include certified LGBTQ plus suppliers. So let me connect some dots for you. So Big Farm began in the 1980s. The first vaccine simulation of the AIDS pandemic launched then under Fauci. And the HRC 
this particular organization was formed in 1980 and started the CEI in 2002, which is led by Kelly Robertson, who was named president in 2022, as worked, and she worked under Obama. So the Obama administration did a lot of dirty deals, did a lot of handshakes with the quote unquote devil, which I'm not going to get into now, but the woke rating is this, the advocacy group, human rights campaign, which is HRC introduced the hundred point corporate equity index to score companies on their inclusiveness, workforce protections, five points, inclusive benefits, 50 points, supporting the inclusive culture, 25 points, corporate social responsibility, 20 points responsible citizenship, negative 25 points. So you will get deducted if a company gives money to organizations whose primary mission includes advocacy against LGBTQ equity. Okay. As a business owner in California, it's the reason why I closed my company in California. I would be furious by this because this is deeply imposed. This is government overstepping boundaries. A company that is operating off of inclusivity and has a a culture that reflects what it stands for will choose to do this or not choose to do this. The companies that I've had have always been wildly inclusive. I have loved the diversity. I never saw the filter of trans, whatever this, that non-binary gay, whatever. I mean, it was just all, are, can you do this role? Is this something you want to do? What do you want to get paid? Okay, here we go. Here's the company culture. Every Friday we do this. Here's your benefits. I mean, it was just that. If this was imposed on me and I had to, and my credits, there was like credits involved in all of this, which is the reason why I was going to get huge tax benefits or additional tax benefits from this, it would be insane. That's insane. That's just to give you a little context of further dot connecting, but let's move on to literally the no gender human and the critical race theory, however you want to call it. Like, how do you prepare people for the no gender human, especially the young who will be growing as adults when this agenda really ramps up, which we're in it. So first you have to normalize the perception of no gender or being genderless enter the rise of you make it very normal for young children to cross-dress, to send trans people into schools, to non have non-binary shows on children's networks or trans-fluid shows on kids' networks. So they become even further, further confused about what gender is and what non-gender conformity looks like. I said this before, and you guys will hear me talk about this because I talk about perception at length in my book. But the first thing you have to do if you want to control the masses is you have to control the perception, how you are perceiving your information very quickly, a little debrief. Everything is a wave wave form function. Everything is made up of waves, frequencies. Our brains decode those frequencies or wave forms, and we also decode them through our five senses. Okay. So if we are constantly fed frequency waveform information of something that is inverted in terms of an, a reality. So if the way this reality works is on the law of gender, the principle of gender, where everything has a masculine and feminine principle, and we are fed the waveform of the inversion of that, that is distorting the reality. That's what I mean by all this. 
earliest you could start to propagate that information and send further waveforms into the field around you, into these little humans that are in beta and theta states, their brains are, and their little sponges, they're in the hypnagogic states, hypnoponic, and they're starting to be fed information to normalize no gender human. What are the implications for that as a society? That's basically castration, <laughs> essentially. It's basically checkmate human because you take away reproduction. You take away human. The other way that you do this is by forcing corporations. The next thing you have to do is you have to impose your views on others. It's the imposition, which is what we're seeing, which we're seeing the implications of corporate. We're seeing the advent of the BEC, and we're also seeing gene mutation through vaccines, birth control, heavy metals, chemicals, BPA, the foods we're eating, radiation through technology, pesticides, environmental pollutants, etc. Subsequently, this all falls under another principle, which is how this reality works. If you are following ancient text, pre-biblical, which is the principle of mentalism, is that everything is a mental construct, including time. Perception filters are all a mental construct. So when you actually begin to awaken more and you move beyond the veils, you merge your mental and emotional bodies. The brain is a separate processing system than the mind. The mind is different. Your mental field is different than the brain, which is de a decoder. It's a big decoding machine. It's a processor that links in to a unified computer, one big quantum computer. And that's how essentially AI is operated off of. They're doing that through 5G. They're doing that through technology. They're doing that through, again, more of the injections. And this is absolute peer-reviewed science where more and more of this information is coming out where there's quantum dust that has been injected in conjunction with the genetic material through these vaccines to genetically modify human because you can trademark human. You cannot trademark nature. If it comes from nature, you cannot turn it into a business. If it is genetically modified, you can have a patent on it. That's what the pharmaceutical industry is. That's why they're altering our carbon. And that's why a human is basically in a, a state of checkmate unless we wake up and reclaim who we are. They would have been called crazy. But in this technological era, scientists have made unbelievable discoveries time and time again. Roboticists at the University of California, San Diego, have created microscopic robots that have the ability to cleanse human blood of bacterial pollutants from the inside. These machines, referred to as cell-like nanorobots, are powered by ultrasound and are able to swim through blood to remove bacteria and their toxins. Each nanobot is about 25 times smaller than the width of a single strand of hair and swims at a rate of 35 micrometers per second. <laughs> I know my husband is not vaccinating people and putting a microchip in her arm because that technology doesn't even exist and he's never uttered the words out of his mouth. So <laughs> That was Melinda Gates, by the way, literally pointing to Bill Gates. Smart dust originated with DARPA back in the 90s. This powder-sized chip is something called the Mu chip from Hitachi. It's the smallest commercially available RFID system in the world. You can literally scatter this stuff like dust or embed it into a sheet of paper. It doesn't require a battery. Flex of computing power settling on your skin, ingested, monitoring you inside and out. The nanoparticles are designed to go under the radar of the immune system. And so they are undetected in the body. 
We have computing everywhere. We have connectivity everywhere. We have infrastructure that can compute those with new capabilities like AI. If you have enough data and you have enough computing power, you can understand people better than they understand themselves. And then you can manipulate them in ways which were previously impossible. Transhumanism is a growing movement that aims to use technology to modify our bodies, sometimes in radical ways to make them stronger, faster and better. Okay, are we starting to see a little bit of a theme here? Let me keep going. Transhumanism promotes the view that the human species should take control over its own evolution through technology. Technologies such as brain implants, genetic engineering, and nanotechnology, eventually allowing for us humans to become immortal in the cloud, but not that cloud. Promising us paradise on Earth, the most rich and powerful people on the planet are currently working on tools that will alter human nature forever. I know that all of you know Elon Musk, and I know that you all know him from Tesla, but have you ever heard of the concept or of the name Neuralink? It's a chip that can be implanted into the brain, convert your brain activity, so mind you, those are your thoughts, into a digital form and have them seriously uploaded to that cloud. Transhumanism will be presented to us as the holy grail, but in fact, it's the poison's chalice. Okay, so where does no gender human play into all of this? It's not just about labels, you guys. It's way bigger than that. That's where I'm coming from. So people want to cancel me, come after me saying that I'm transphobic. That is farther from the case. No idea how much I love humanity. I see everybody from a very different perspective. What I'm seeing is deep, deep levels of brainwashing, indoctrination, and separation from source separation from source is what I'm talking about here. And it's freaking heartbreaking. So brass tacks, here's how I see it. And I've gotten some beautiful messages and had some very interesting conversations. I'm going to actually step back just a touch and talk about the no gender human agenda on children. I think this is probably what catalyzed it for me to talk about it because there's a lot of parents right now who don't know what to do. I'm seeing a handful of LGBTQ plus clients. And a lot of this is boiling down to identity, but I want to show you guys what is actually happening at a rapid pace with children. Okay. So keep in mind, what's the agenda? You want to control the perception. You want to get them as early as possible. And then you want to impose that view on society to create division. You create division, the government or the, the control system inserts himself as a solution, and there you have it. And that algorithm, that loop repeats. The Tavatok Gender Clinic, it's arguably the biggest medical scandal of our time, and it's gonna become more and more so. We don't allow children to drink, we don't allow them to use sunbeds, and yet we're giving you know 19 years old the same drugs that are used to chemically castrate sex offenders. There were clinicians at the Tavistock who did not want to be doing what they were doing. Children were being really harmed by this. And parents queuing up to transition their children. How could this possibly be happening in plain sight of everybody? This is a massive 
social experiment on this generation of children. We don't know what the psychological effects will be. This is the issue of our time. It's impacts on each and every one of us. I'm not okay with this ideology. I'm not okay with children being irreversibly damaged. And there is nothing wrong with me saying that. Okay, a lot of very dramatic music. That's part of a documentary that's for free. It's called No Turning Back. It is on Iconic TV. All of the links to all these videos will be in the show notes. But what's important about this very well done documentary is it's talking about Tavistock, a clinic that transitioned young children in the UK. Now, in recent years, there's been a huge increase in the number of children reporting gender dysphoria. Well, it's estimated that around 48 children a week are now being referred to the Tavistock and Portman Trust, which is the NHS's first transgender clinic specifically for children. The clinics here and in London see 3,000% more patients than they did 10 years ago. Among girls, referrals are up more than 5,000%. So for me, I want to know why this is happening. Why do we have dysphoria to this level now? Based on the rabbit hole that I keep going down with the transgender, transhumanism movement, I can tell you now after having had conversations, and I'm still learning and growing and understanding all of this, but I feel like I have a pretty good handle on the transhuman agenda, but understanding and seeing the nuances of where we're separated, the filters through variations of pronoun is where I feel like it's getting interesting for me because I think it's fantastic for people to explore their sexuality, but I think there's a big difference between exploring your sexuality and then wrapping your entire identity around that exploration. So I want to talk about that a little bit more because if I'm looking at what's been in the field, talking about how transgenderism is a mental illness, I don't all the way agree with that. Because I don't really think anything is a mental illness. I believe it is all deep levels of separation from source and deep levels of distorted filters. For example, if we're going to just take depression and anxiety, I work with depression and anxiety all the time. And the very first thing I do is I put everybody back in time. It's a time distortion. Anxiety is folks who render themselves in the future in a timeline. People who have depression, like I did, I rendered myself in the past. I was constantly in the past or I was in perpetual loops of thinking, of being in the state of hyper-focus and paralysis, of wondering, oh, is it always going to be this way? I had a very heavy, dense filter. I always am going to feel this way about myself. This is just the, the cards that I was dealt, this very victim mentality, helplessness, this type of state. If you're running any type of this patterning, victim abuse, martyrism, self-sacrifice, these kinds of things, when I'm looking at folks who run depression and anxiety, which is considered a mental illness, for me, bottom line, I work on the time distortion and then I work on hemi-syncing the way that they actually receive information. We go back to decoding. Everything is a waveform and how we decode that waveform is with our brains. So if I work on the brain and then I start to look at, let's say, chromosome level, you know, where are the deficiencies in the minerals, how's the body working, where's your vital force, what's your cellular optimization. If I look at all these things and start to optimize those, somehow these time distortions and all these mental illnesses start to autocorrect. In the psychology world, everything needs to be classified because that's how you create a business. 
And that's how you create definition. And that's how you start treating people, right? Once you can define something, then you create a treatment plan for folks. What's really interesting about the trans movement is we're going to go ahead and create so much fucking confusion around pronouns and gender that no one even knows who the fuck they are. And then right when everyone is just at the highest state of confusion, boom, here you go. We have some drugs for you. We're going to help you convert. We're going to mutilate your bodies. We're going to make everything very confusing for you. And we're going to insert ourselves as a solution. Just rely on the government. Everything's going to be fine. We got you. Is absolutely the worst case scenario. But I digress. Again, going back to transgender being a mental illness that I kind of want to debunk a little bit. We're looking for functional interference in the psychology world. This is what they look at when it comes to classifying mental illnesses as functional interference. Does it impede on the ability to function? Yes or no. If it does, then it's considered a mental illness. So once again, if I'm looking at people who are being treated for anxiety and depression, typically they're running very, very, very deep levels of time distortions. And that's fine. If you have to treat yourself for a little while to stabilize yourself, and then you can start decoding and unraveling some of this stuff, then please do so, right? Like I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychologist. I always tell that to my clients, like do what you have to do. This doesn't seem all the way natural to your natural state, which is perfection. So let's take a look at why you're rendering yourself out of time. The other thing functional interference looks at is, does it impede people around them? It only impedes people around them if they feel like they're being impeded on, which again, if I'm a corporation and I have to actually include and go against, let's say my own values, if I have a, if I'm a religious person, let's say you're looking at Budweiser, a lot of religion, Christian values going on over there. And the fact that they used Dylan is why they received so much backlash because there's a large part of the American population that felt disenfranchised by and very confused by this decision to include these transgender movements that go against their religious values, which in itself is a filter and can become very cult-like. If you haven't noticed the extreme religion that's been going on for a long time, all these very heavy cult-like ideologies and principles being impeded on people. So it doesn't impede people around them. That's another way to look at functional interference. And right now it is. What we're seeing is the byproduct of a collective mental illness, of a collective distortion pattern, because we are decoding information at a rate that literally is moving people into a state of psychosis. They want to move things fast and furious. They want to create a ginormous amount of confusion, which is control the population 101. If you look at anything that's related to PR, it is heavy, heavily influenced in instilling a perpetual narrative of fear, creating mass amounts of confusion, and then inserting yourself as a solution. What's the mantra? You control the perception, control the majority. The other thing that let's say a psychologist or psychiatrist would look at when they're using intake protocol for a child who is not presenting as their assigned gender would be consistent and persistency. I'm Michael Binks, and I'm a sociologist at the University of Oxford. When you look at the demand, or if you look at the people going to gender clinics on the NHS, they have increased over the last 50 years 200-fold, by a factor of 200. So the medicalization of um, what we might call gender nonconformity has increased again massively. I mean, this is there's no other kind of medical phenomena that is increased by that magnitude. I feel like the the reason why we're getting so many new gender dysphoria cases and um, and this huge upsurge in gender affirmation is there's a lot of money in this. Everything is a business. Everything comes down to creating 
problems and inserting yourself as a solution for profit. That is how elites maintain their control. Back to consistency, persistency. When you're actually evaluating a child, they have to present consistently time and time again. And then the insistency, right? Insistency, consistency, persistency. That's right. It's those three. They have to insist to wear their, let's say, sisters or brothers' clothes. They insist on this. It's where they feel safe. That to me is a combination of a child being incredibly imaginative, very, very natural, exploring their boundaries and borders because children don't have a lot of them when they're very young because they're coming from a peer source experience where it is a non-gendered experience. Peer source is not gendered. When you descend into density, you choose a gender for a reason because that's how this reality works. It works under the guise of a gendered experience, a gendered principle, which I talked about earlier on in the episode. So that child, like nature, will scan its environment, look for the maternal figure. Is the maternal figure running feminine energy in a female assigned body? If there's an incongruency there, that child is biologically wired to start creating strategies to survive. They will then look over to the paternal figure. If you're a female assigned at birth with female genitalia and you're running female energy, it is absolutely fundamentally critical that you have a paternal figure that is creating the parameters for you in time, in space-time. Little babies don't know nothing. They're trying to figure it out. They're looking around for that father figure to value them, to validate them, to say, hey, I have you no matter what, I have you. They're scanning at frequency level, at waveform level, the father figure at gender, if it matches the energy, if there's a congruency, if it's a singular experience, if there is an incongruency at any rate in opposite genders running opposite female energy, that child is going to accommodate. It is going to create workarounds and it is going to do anything it can to survive. This is fundamentally what I see in every case, distortions around masculine and feminine energies, trauma, and workarounds. That's what I feel is at the baseline of a lot of all of this stuff. So I come back to the parents. They don't know what to do with their children that are having all of these different gender expressions. And I'm like, you got to come back to yourself. Where are you incongruent with yourself? Where are you controlling? Where are you fearful? Where are you in lack? Where are you out of integrity with your own energetic integrations and alignments? Because that's what that kid is scanning. We forget. We have kids. We put all of our focus on them. We take We forget to take accountability for our own patterns and then a dumpster fire ensues. Again, you do not see these things happen in nature. There's a species of monkey that will just kind of, they fuck everything. I think they're bonobos. They be fucking everything. They just going around humping things. But when it comes to creation, there's just no confusion in nature. How the optimization of that cell is to procreate, is to evolve, which is through procreation. The innate intelligence of a cell is to choose immortality or reproduction. What have the elites been obsessed with for the last while now? Immortality, baby, right? Becoming ageless, reverse aging, hyper superhuman genetic mutations to optimize cell function with biohacking. Archetype superhuman. Let's go. 
not exactly what the real version or real meaning of that means, but immortality has been an absolute obsession with the elites. That's why adrenochrome in the black market and the political market was so wildly used and still is. And while child trafficking and child pornography and child sacrifices is so rife in the field right now and why the darkness is getting so goddamn sloppy and it's in our faces. All of this is part of a very complicated and dark web. It's also the reason why government had no problem funding abortions because they wanted the fetal material, the fetuses themselves. And it has been widely exposed, the dark side of places like that, like Planned Parenthood and the like. Having option to these things, very, very important. The imposition of having options to those things is where people have a problem. This is where it becomes a collective mental illness. This is why for me, I believe everything should be at state level. I want less government in my life. I mean, look, I don't even live in the US, but if I did and I was facing these issues with my kids, I would be doing everything I could to get them out of control systems big time. Homeschooling, getting them into forest schools, maybe leaving the US for a period of time and then returning. It's the same thing that I did with myself. You know, I treated myself and my own inner kids as a family. What are we going to do to optimize our life? I started a new company, <laughs> right? Moved through a lot of the, the fear conversations and helping others do the same. Back to cell function. A cell will optimize itself through environment, right? If the environment is not conducive for optimization, it will choose immortality, which is exactly what's happening now. They're destabilizing the environment. So you have to choose immortality. Immortality, quantum immortality is literally AI. It's synthetic and it's controlled by a supercomputer. This is where people get really freaked out about weather manipulation. Once again, if an environment is required for optimization, for reproduction, then let's start to compromise the environment. That make a lot of sense it's just one more pillar to control. So back to the kids, insistent, persistent, consistency. When children are having these types of, let's say, presentation of some type of potentially gender affirming, reaffirming, or gender dysmorphia, here's what I would do. Just as a note, I would not necessarily be taking my child to a gender identity development service or JIDS. That language is very specific. It's identity development. That has to come from the home first and foremost. So if you don't know who you are, how can you raise a child to have access to themselves? And first I would inform myself with knowledge. I want to understand, you know, myself better also? Like, where am I rendering myself in time? This is very curious. This child is behaving this way. What patterns are they presenting? And which parent has presented these patterns? What is this child reflecting back to me? Because in the work that I do, everything is truly a reincarnation of a childhood pattern that's being created in present time that's been unhealed, a trauma response, a workaround response, something that is you're either out of time or you have a grave time distortion, and or you're running one of the five patterns that I've talked about at length and will continue to talk about as part of my thesis. Sacrifice, which is coming from religion indoctrination. So if you just want to wrap that up into indoctrination, external enforces indoctrination from religion, occult frequency, martyr pattern, 
control pattern. You see that a lot on, with sacrifice, lack, scarcity, A, abuse, and addiction. V is value, how someone is valuing themselves and or validating one's own self-worth. E, epigenetics and emotions. You wrap all that underneath the umbrella of fear, you have exactly how you are getting controlled. So I would remove external factors if I had a child that was presenting this way immediately. Screens, anything external, and get them rooted back into nature and then see how they present whilst I sort my shit out, (laughs) whilst I sort my own self out. But first, let's look at some definitions of what we're really looking at here with trans identity. This is from Psych Central. Trans identity is someone's personal internal sense of their own gender. Gender identity is not necessarily tied to one's sex, which refers to genitalia, reproductive organs, hormones, chromosomes, and other biological factors. The gender binary refers to the practice of sorting bodies into male or female. While the vast majority of people have been raised and socially conditioned to attach the genders of man and woman to specific body types, gender is in fact a diverse spectrum, including both biological and environmental factors. Do not agree with this. So for me, the environment operates in binary. How you interact with that environment is where things get individualized and even further separated. So if indeed this is a simulation, which it is, and holography is how we interact with our environment, then the interface that you create will be this simulation of, I am derived from a single source of consciousness, experiencing itself in a female figure that wants to create a simulation of what it would be like to interface with a reality where I don't have a gender. I want to create that simulation for myself. That's totally by choice, right? That becomes a social construct and experiment that that individual soul fractal wants to experience. However, that is separate from the way the reality operates, which is a binary masculine feminine principle. There's also sexual orientation. So while gender identity refers to how we see ourselves, sexual orientation refers to who we are attracted to. One's gender identity does not dictate one's sexual identity and vice versa. Some gender dysphoria in children, provided they present the three things, right? Consistency, insistency, persistency. Trans children may display gender dysphoria when they say things like, I wish I was a boy slash girl and I was born in the wrong body. This is, according to psychology terms, borderline gender dysphoria. From my perspective, I would want to know why the child feels that way. If a child that's that brilliant is already having this experience of their body, there's absolutely a reason why that's happening. I scan and tap into this. It's coming from confusion of gender with the parents. They're scanning their environment and they don't feel safe. Trauma, which can also be related to any kind of birth trauma. Or there's unresolved epigenetics going on pre-embodiment. This is where it gets a little tricky because there's sole agreements with the parents and the children to come in here, clean it up, and transcend it. Take anything away from this, you guys. You have to understand that everything is a symptom. Nothing is freaking personal. So observe the emotion. Understand that that emotion is accommodating something. Get curious about what that program is that that emotion is accommodating and work to transcend it and transmute it and move on to the next. 
whether or not it's intersectionality, it's transgenderism, it's all this absolutely part of a no gender human agenda, transhumanism agenda, I would have a lot of conversations with my child and get them talking and understand how they're seeing their reality through their own perceptive filters. Everything, everything, everything is a filter. When we come here, we agree to free will, to gender, to linear time, and to the filter of human. What literally is up for grabs right now and why this is checkmate human and why this is so concerning for me in the work that I'm doing is I see people as their brilliant selves. And then I see these distortions where these children are learning how to travel and go into all these other realities. They don't know how to keep themselves in time. If you don't know how to keep yourself in time, then you start to present all these filters. Things start to get distorted. And then you start to get neurodivergent tendencies. And that may be if you come from a history of mental illness, then you have a propensity for that particular algorithm to distort even further over time, ergo bipolarism, schizophrenia, psychosis, etc. So a recent PubMed Central article, Gender Dysphoria in Adolescents. Current perspectives. Increasing numbers of adolescents are seeking treatment in gender identity services in Western countries. An increasingly accepted treatment model that includes puberty suppressions with gonadotropin releasing hormone analogs starting during early stages of puberty, cross-sex hormonal treatment starting at 16 years of age, and possibly surgical treatments in legal adulthood is often indicated for adolescents with childhood gender dysmorphia, GD, that intensifies during puberty. However, virtually nothing is known regarding adolescent onset GD, its progression, and factors that influence the completion of the development tasks of adolescent among young people with GD and or transgender identity. Consolidation of identity development is a central development goal of adolescence, but we still do not know enough about how gender identity and gender variants actually evolve. Treatment-seeking adolescents with GD present with considerable psychiatric comorbidity. There is little research on how GD and or transgender identity are associated with completion of development tasks in adolescence. Okay. This tells me basically they don't know why the fuck transgender and transdysmorphia is even a thing right now, but they're willing to put you on all these, all this shit. So Luprin is a pediatric approved pharmaceutical drug that is prescribed at the same dosage for eight and nine-year-old adolescent children as grown adult men who are registered as sex offenders. It's a castration hormone therapy. So the documentary clips that I played earlier about the Tavistock in the UK also subscribed to the prescription usage of Lubrin for hormone therapy for gender-affirming kids. What's really dark about that documentary is the detransitioning case studies that they had, there would only be a certain amount of financial support for people who went ahead and got the surgery. If they didn't get the surgery, they would no longer be allowed to see the therapist that they were offering by the state every week to help these kids sort through their identity. So as a result, it was like, you either need to go ahead and get the sex assignment surgery, or we're basically going to discharge you. That was the bottom line. Her name is Layla Jane, and she is the California teen that is suing doctors over breast removal surgery at age 13. 
Layla began testosterone treatment at the age of 12 and then puberty blockers the following year, following up with a double mastectomy. Layla, who is now 18 years old, says, I don't think I should have been allowed to change my sex before I could legally consent to even have sex. And then they talk more about her mental illness and how at the age of 11, she was suffering from depression. And then she was reading about transitioning online and felt to move forward with it. Just two years later, her entire life was changed. Let's not forget the doctors that were involved. They identify the carers as Suzanne Watson, a psychiatrist in Oakland, San Francisco-based plastic surgeon Winnie Tong, and Lisa Taylor, a pediatric endocrinologist in Oakland. Lisa began her detransitioning process at the age of 17, just four years after her double mastectomy. Layla's life is forever changed because parents and doctors care more about the acceptance of people than they do with the actual health of a child. A child should not be able to come to a doctor and tell the doctor that this is what they want done. The doctor should have the responsibility to say, this is not okay. We can help you. There are other things that we could do. But in the meantime, until you are an adult, we do not want to make these life-altering decisions at this very moment. And unfortunately, this falls on the doctors and the parents. And this is happening today. And it's happening far too often. And you're just going to keep hearing more stories about this. Recently, California Bill AB 957 makes it possible for kids to be taken away from parents who do not affirm their gender identity. Let's listen. If a parent refuses to affirm the gender of their child, that child could be taken away from them in California. An amendment to a bill in California says parents must affirm the gender and sexual transition of their child as a requirement of parental responsibility. That means if they don't do this, their kids could be taken away from them and they could be labeled as negligent parents. This can also be used in custody battles, for example. Also makes it possible for a school counselor to call the state and have a student who has come to them telling them that their parents are not affirming their gender and they're in the process of doing it themselves. That child can be removed from the parent's custody. That's how far off we are. And this to me is a desperate cry for help if that child is insisting that it has a sense of safety for itself. Like, I know who I am. I have to create my own world because my external environment isn't safe or conducive to who I am as a person, right? I don't feel emotionally seen safe. I don't feel like I have the parameters of my own life secured. This again comes back to energy. Everything is energy when. It's impossible if for dielectric magnetic energy, dielectricity and magnetic energy not to create a solid plane of inertia. It's impossible for that not to happen. When these incongruencies and inconsistencies energetically occur, it's because there's an interference. There's interference waveforms, which brings me to uh, one of the other things that I would do if my child or children were presenting with identity incongruencies is I would remove external interferences. Anything that had to do with school influences, state influences, social influences, and I would move if I could and I had to, and I would reset the entire family structure, reset the entire unit. So heavy metal detoxes, body cleanses, obviously getting into any type of alternative healing, which is the future of medicine anyway. It's already here. People who are on board with this type of thing they're seeing tremendous benefits from it and get my kid wildly back into nature, raw nature primarily. And 
if I could, even like a week away in some type of like organic tribal experience to start resetting some of the presets. After that, I honestly would wait it out. I would just observe what's happening, continue really healthy dialogue with my child, continue to do my own inner work because again, everything is a reflection and then wait it out and definitely not affirm anything biologically in terms of surgeries until later on. Again, it's not the expression or the sexual traction. For me, I'm looking at the patterns, okay? I'm looking at the underlining patterns as to why all of this is sorting itself out and presenting itself. Ultimately, we are perfect the way we come here. We just get indoctrinated and pre-programmed with a whole bunch of stuff. It could also be that in previous lifetimes or alternative lifetimes, there was a tremendous amount of death and mutilation or torture or something like that. So you never felt comfortable in the body. So for example, if a female, if you had a female body, a female life in an alternative lifetime and you lost a child and you just swore that you would never, ever have children, you would never bear children again, that you wouldn't, you hated being a woman, that you will never experience this much pain. And you declared that in an alternative life, it would make a lot of sense that that imprinting would carry forward into this one. That's what I want to look at. That's where it gets really interesting for me. And I think for everybody else, because again, for me, it comes back to patterns, codes, ones, and zeros. What's the underlining theme? What's the underlining pattern? What emotion is accommodating that? And why are these kids feeling so separate from themselves? We can start to look at the deeper layers and start to take more radical accountability for our own lives. A lot of this stuff will start to reconcile itself. In Sweden, there's a 1,500% increase in teenagers identifying as transgender or non-binary. And so Sweden, they said, hey, we need some studies. We need to figure this out. So Sweden reacted. The government of Sweden and people there, they went up in arms. They were like, what's going on? This doesn't seem right. The curve now goes way up and now it goes way back down. Oh, wow. And who knows where it's going to go? But they corrected it. The thing is, if it's teenagers and you see this 1,500% uptake in this going on, there's a lot of people getting swept up inside of that tidal wave. And when those folks that are in that tidal wave, when they graduate high school, when it's all over and they no longer have that peer pressure, they no longer have all those hormones running through bodies and it's all wild, and you're sitting there 22 years old and you have a job, you start really thinking, all those folks that got wrapped up in that tidal wave, what's going to happen to them? And so they keep saying they care about trans kids, mm-hmm. they care about trans kids. They keep saying how much they care. Do they care about those people that are getting swept up? Do they care about the people that find out that this wasn't really me? All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, please observe why you feel enraged or outraged or afraid to speak out because both sides of the extreme are deeply, deeply distorted. You know, you can have your opinion, but just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. And the only way we're going to come back to each other is if we can learn how to have conversations. So I look forward to continuing these conversations offline in the DMs. Reach out to me. In the meantime, question everything. Be kind to yourself and others. Don't take any shit. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Please make sure to leave a review and follow the fun on social media because that's how it works in this world. In the meantime, get your freak on. I'll see you in the next session.